don't kill him today. <laughs> Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to house party protocol. Power up suits and welcome into another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will, and with me today we have the one and only Rich from Rich Mid Gaming. If you haven't checked out that YouTube channel, I highly recommend it. Uh, what's happening, Rich? Hey, Will. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, buddy. I'm at the end of a short week at work this week. Today's my last day. Um, it's my partner's birthday this weekend, so I've got a long weekend off. Um, so no time for painting, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, yeah, life, life's good. Marvel crisis protocol just keeps getting better and better. Um, oh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, things are good at the moment. Excellent. I'm glad to hear that. So I understand that you have a little event coming up and I'm really excited to talk about that, but for the suits out there that maybe haven't discovered your content just yet, why don't you, uh, tell them a little bit about yourself? Yeah, cool. So uh, I'm Rich, as, as Will mentioned. Um, I've been hobbying on and off for the last 30 or so years. Uh, started when I was sort of seven or eight years old. Took a big hiatus in, in, in the middle there. And I think like a lot of people rediscovered it um, during lockdown. Uh, I needed something to do. Um, Marvel Crisis Protocol um, just sprung out to me straight away so i started playing that predominantly on on tts trying to get my my son involved but he wasn't too he wasn't too bothered about it <laughs> um and then about five months ago um just decided that i wanted to give a give a hand at creating some content um you know there's lots of great content providers out there already um but i felt like you know there was definitely a a space for somebody to come along and do some something a little bit different. Uh, so we try and do a lot of uh, we do the usual sort of character re reviews, breakdown, those sorts of things. Um, but I'd say the channel is definitely aimed at the newer player. Um, we're partway through at the moment uh, doing a breakdown of every single leader and their affiliation, um, but not just the rundown of you know what characters are in there and what you can do with them, but kind of a how-to guide on ways that you could potentially win a game with that particular affiliation, you know, whether they fall into the control category, um, you know, whether you're going to win by just KOing your opponent if you're playing Black Order, for example, um, whether it's through attrition with defense. So, yeah, we try and go into and uh, in, in sort of do, do deep dives into each of the affiliations and then some fun stuff as well. So, you know, we I did a video a little while back around which character is the quickest and which character can punch the hardest, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's a mix. It's a mixed bag. Nice. Yeah, no, I, I really like it. The, the the affiliation breakdown stuff, I think, has been really nice. And it's one of those things that, you know, I think that the, the spectrum of content around this game is so good right now. Like, all the bases are covered, and not every base is covered exactly the same by every creator. And I think that that's just, like, really wonderful. And it's one of those things where, like, on this show, I try to somewhat lean more towards the beginner even though i know i i dip down into that uh competitive realm every once in a while but i mean at the, at the end of the day i'm not the most competitive player so i try to keep it as focused towards 
you know, people like myself uh, and and lower than that, lower, that's a terrible way to put it, people like <laughs> myself and, and, and other kind of newer uh, players into the game, like just more casual and whatnot. So, you know, that's why one of the reasons why I really like your content quite a bit. And what is this event that you have coming up? Yeah, well, I, I, I'd been thinking for a little while now, and, and and you know what it's like. You can track all of the all of the data. Uh, you know the amount of metadata you get now when you run, whether it be a podcast or a YouTube channel or uh, you know uh, the written word. Um, so I could I, I was sort of tracking on when I was going to hit a thousand subscribers to the channel. Um, now a lot of people may not understand why a thousand is a big lamb, a sort of big milestone, um, but it's one of the um, two requirements you need to have on YouTube. YouTube uh, to become part of the partner program wow. uh, and being part of the pro- partner program means that you can monetize your channel. Now I'm not under any delusions of grandeur that uh, I'm going to be quitting my day job anytime soon and becoming a, a full-time content creator. <laughs> Next stop a million subscribers, that... <laughs> right? Next stop a million. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's PewDiePie and then me. That's uh, that's the order of things. Um, but what it did mean is that it, it unlocked the door for me to be able to generate money through ad revenues, which basically all goes back into the channel, whether that's uh, contributing towards um, the, the purchase of the miniatures or whether that's through giveaways and that sort of thing as well. So I wanted to celebrate that because you know, for me personally, it felt like a, a good personal achievement. You know, I've been told by a number of people that, you know, it's happened really quick and, you know, that's a real big thank you from me to the community because, you know, it's predominantly the MCP community that's, that's subscribed there. Um, but I wanted to mark the occasion by doing something. So I'd got it in my head for a little while that, well, wouldn't it be cool to play 18 games of Marvel Crisis Protocol, one for each affiliation, back to back? Um, and, and it kind of started from there. So um, what I'm doing is a I worked it out. It's going to be a 27 hour ish. And, and, and I say ish because there's going to be a bit of room for maneuvering, I think, um, stream where uh, starting at eight o'clock, uh, that's UK time on the 28th of October. Um, I'll be starting my first game going all the way through to 11 o'clock in the evening the following Friday. Um, And yeah, playing, I've got 18 rosters built. Um, I'll be spinning a wheel before each game and it'll give me a random roster. So I I won't know what I'm playing beforehand. Um, Got some amazing um uh, people who i'm playing against once again you know the community coming to to my aid um you know you 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 put the request out there and people people answer it um so you know uh we've got aaron collier from web warrior protocols who i believe was on the show oh, yeah. um, either last week or the week before um we've got the guys from ozak galadic gladiators joining us uh we've got mark from the roster doctor we've got jacob from xavier protocols uh lex is joining us from morlocks uh utility cookie dr norbert chewy uh luke kynaston who's just started mcp content so some great great content uh, creators out there that have uh, that have helped me out and and helped me put this together um and i thought well if i was doing this um it seemed daft to not do it um and try to do something good with it um so there's the, the sort of two bits of good if you like that i've been able to do is first and foremost it's uh, going to be a charity event so I do have a Just Giving page set up. Um, and the charity is, uh, it's, it's a local charity to me in, in the north of England near near Leeds where I live uh, called Candlelighters. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they're a children's cancer charity. Um, and essentially what they do is they provide support and respite for the, both the children, but actually, you know, somewhat more importantly, because they're sometimes overlooked, the family members of that child as well, who are currently going through treatment and that kind of thing. And it's done in a number of different ways. Um, you know, they, they'll take children out, you know, for the day, you know, a day trip to a, a football, sorry, a, a soccer match, um, something like that. Or uh, they have holiday homes that they'll let uh, the parents of the children, you know, use for free and go on a holiday for, for a week for free. Um, so, you know, some really, really nice things. So um, it, it's a charity close to my heart. Um, when when I was younger, uh, I was uh, not 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 directly, but in, indirectly affected by cancer. And they were there as a charity to help my parents out. So I thought it was a really nice thing to be able to give back to those guys. Absolutely. Um, but then the second part, Will, was, was, you know, giving back to the community as well, uh, you know, to thank them for anyone that is going to watch the video or, uh, sorry, watch the stream. Uh, donate to the Just Giving. Um, so we've got four fantastic sponsors, um, all local gaming stores. So we've got Blackgate Games, uh, we've got Leodis Games, we've got Elysium War Games, uh, and then we've got Union Counter Games as well. And we've got some fantastic giveaways on the day. So we've got um, we've got vouchers for the stores. We've got some of the limited edition intro sets with the cap and school models, but then with the nice. uh, limited edition cards as well, which, okay, they might be getting you ratted, but they're still a cool piece of uh, MCP to have hold of. Absolutely. Um, and we've also got a Dormammu to give away as well, uh, which is just absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, hopefully it'll be a good um, – I keep saying day, but it's like a good – uh, evening, morning, day, and then night again. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I've got plenty of uh, of energy drinks ready. Uh, I ordered uh, put put a big order of sneaking uh, to keep me uh, to keep me going. But uh, yeah, should hopefully be really good. And for anyone that you know wants to come along and support us on the day, it would be yeah really really appreciated. Awesome. So, are you going to be streaming that on Twitch, or is it going to be part of like a YouTube stream? It's going to be all on YouTube. Yeah, 100% okay, awesome. of my content goes out on, on YouTube. So it'll be a YouTube live. Um, so you'll be able to uh, watch it live once it's done, maybe a day or so later, because I'm sure I'm going to be uh, probably sleeping for about 24 <laughs> hours once it's done. Um, we'll chapterize all that as well. So you'll be able to go in and you know just watch the games that you want to watch. But yeah, all on YouTube, all on Richmond Gaming, um, where you can, yeah, you'll be able to find, uh, find that uh, once it starts. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, that, that's going to be really awesome. I know you reached out to me and uh, asked me to participate. For those of you that are wondering why why I'm not participating, uh, it's only because <laughs> I'm going to be in Disney World with my fam. So yeah, you know, yeah. I, I would and, love and to have done I, it. But... I, would, I would rather be in Disney World as well, I think. Or I'll, at least I'll feel like that towards the end of it, I think. Oh, I, I think one way or another, <laughs> after 28 hours of gaming, you're going to feel like you're in Disney World from the sleep deprivation. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Just going round on the It's a Small World ride time and time again. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And uh, that doesn't get creepy at all. Doesn't get creepy no. at all. Not at all. So Excellent. I do have to ask you one question about this event, and it's it's a, it's a it's about your rosters. So you're playing all 18 different affiliations, but I know you've got one that you're most excited to put on the table out of these rosters you built. Which one is it? Um. Do you know I'm 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 actually really really looking forward uh, to to playing. Um, I've, I decided with the Avengers roster to go down the Hulkbuster route. Um, I've only played with him once so far, 
Um, my hope is, is I can generate a huge amount of power and drop a, uh, you know, 30, 35 dice Helios <laughs> laser bombardment onto. I'm hoping that my Hulk Buster comes up against like a, a Dormammu or something like that. And they just one shot a Dormammu or something. That'd be, uh, that'd be cool. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, there's something there that I haven't played a lot. You know, Asgard is not an affiliation. I've played a lot. Um, um, uh, Wakanda is another one that um, I've not played a lot. I'm getting back into Guardians at the moment. I'm absolutely loving Guardians at the moment. Um, so yeah, super. I'm, I'm excited to play them all. You'll probably see my enthusiasm diminish as each <laughs> one ticks off. Though it'll be, I think it'll get harder and harder. Oh, for sure, for sure. That the, the I, I will say, don't uh, judge the tactical analysis by the end of it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those those that join on the you know. 17th 18th game don't don't judge my uh my, my decision making no no <laughs> you're gonna be held uh, yeah, to the high be, standard it'll be difficult by then <laughs> yeah it's gonna be great i can't wait for it and i'm gonna make sure to definitely uh find a link in the description to this podcast to your youtube channel and uh, when you kick it off i will definitely be sharing a link there because it's it's just such a great thing and you know the charity aspect of it and then give it back to the community with giveaways and stuff all throughout it it's just it's just wonderful and it's one of those things that it's something that I I had wanted to put together at some point myself and I'm just really glad to see that happening you know yeah and I think you know it's 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 you know say it's testament to the community as well right you know I wouldn't have been able to do this without getting to the number of subscribers that I'd got without the awesome community, you know, week in, week out, when I put videos together, commenting, liking, subscribing, um, you know, messaging me directly, all that kind of stuff, um, kind of eggs you on to do it. And then again, a shout out to the sponsors as well, because, you know, they just make it that bit more exciting for the, for the viewers. And, you know, if somebody can win a, well, somebody will win the Dormammu. So yeah, it'll be, uh, it should be a good, it should be a good sort of 27, 28 hours for, for everyone. Absolutely. So now let's jump into our main topics of the day here. And suits out there, we're going to talk about kind of a lot of stuff today. So um, first up, we're going to discuss kind of the season six TTS mid-season roster shakeup that people did, I guess you could say. Uh, so we're going to talk about that, talk about the numbers that came out of that, because uh, we got our friend Jacob over Xavier Protocols put together a nice little blog article for us there and then we're going to talk about my roster changes and my upcoming match that is going to be on Sunday and I'll be streaming that on my Twitch channel at Get Ready for High School Will coming through here uh, it's twitch.tv slash darthballs05 and that's balls with a Z because 2005 Will definitely was the man as you can tell <laughs> <laughs> excellent excellent yeah so make sure to go check that out that'll be sunday i'll make sure to put a link on our facebook page there but we're going to talk about my roster my opponent's roster a little bit kind of break that down and then the last thing we're going to cover today is the actual final character from the mini stravaganza that we didn't get to yet and that is magic who i am very excited to discuss and i think opens up some really interesting and fun possibilities so let's dive right in, Rich, to this article that Jacob wrote and kind of talking about the TTS shakeup here. And I'm going to start right at the top. And it's talking about the affiliations and how single affiliation is 77% of all rosters is single affiliation. And then you've got 
20% of dual affiliation, and then some crazy people out there are running triple affiliation. <laughs> and more power to them. More power to them. But I'm very much in the camp of like dual affiliation is so good and flexible and there's so much overlap in a lot of these affiliations right now that it makes a lot of sense but do you see yourself as someone that when you're putting together a roster you you want to go with a dual affiliation or do you see yourself as someone that likes to play single affiliation um i think for me for me personally um i've whilst I try to play to a reasonable competitive level, um, for me, one of the aspects of the game that I really enjoy is the thematic side of it. Oh, yeah. um, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very unlikely. I might, you know, if the meta came out and, you know, running Red Skull's uh, Cabal and then putting Captain America, Steve Rogers in there was like the meta. I could never see myself playing that because, because for me, you know, those two guys should never be on the same team. And I'm, I'm kind of a little bit like that with, with my roster side of things uh you know predominantly i am a and have been since the day they were released a brotherhood player mm-hmm. um i've I, I dread to think how many games i have with those guys um and i think for, for me personally i i tend to stick to that single affiliation roster mainly because of when i'm playing brotherhood the there's so many tactics cards and things that i want to take that are brotherhood specific um whether that be a brotherhood character or whether that be um uh, the actual brotherhood cards that i I often find that there just isn't room for another affiliation in there um and i think you know maybe there are you know there are definitely some um affiliations that work better um we just did a video earlier this week on asgard for example the one last week was wakanda and i think when you've got affiliations with only sort of five six seven characters to choose from um it definitely lends itself more to go down that dual affiliation route Mm -hmm. um i think with the new um 10 tactics cards rules i think that will change it up significantly and i think we're going to see more and more dual affiliations moving forward um because those two extra tactics card slots will make a big big difference and then when you've got characters who no longer need to take roster slots up with uh with gems as well i think you know i i, I wouldn't be surprised if next season we see that number increase from sort of 20 percent to easily 40 or maybe even even 50 percent uh because i think mm. it's just become so much easier now to take a dual affiliation yeah i completely agree with you there i think that currently it's just one i think it's it's kind of a couple of things and one i think it is the fact that we are at a state in the game where outside of just a couple of affiliations there's so much good stuff in every affiliation right now that it's easy to just kind of pack it all into one umbrella and then say, okay, well, I'm going to splash in an Iron Fist. I'm going to splash in a Valkyrie. I'm going to splash in a Medusa. You know, that kind of thing. So it just it's so easy to do that right now. But I do think, like you said, that once this roster update happens where you can get these tactics cards, uh, two extra slots. It's only two, but that two makes a big difference. Like for my roster for the Season 6, I was... It's been convocation the whole time. It's still convocation, but I was trying to figure out a way to kind of maybe, you know, shoehorn in a little Midnight Suns. And 
it just makes sense because there's a lot of overlap there and everything. But I just found myself wanting some of the tactics cards that I just wasn't able to have. And if those two extra slots were there, it would have opened up a whole world of things. So, yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting as well to, I think, um, Dom Armo is another reason why we're probably seeing triple affiliations because yeah. um, he's so easy, right? And once those two additional tactics cards slot open, um, you can very easily slip a Dormammu with with his two cards. You may you may not even want to take both of his cards. You're definitely taking one of them, um, and and make that a, two, a you know two or three threat affiliation. You know very very easily. Yep, definitely. So, looking at the affiliations that everybody has taken here, there's some changes at the top. You know, Avengers and Midnight Suns saw a little bit of a dip, but not much. And I think that's just one of those things where it's like people just kind of want to try different stuff and like I know like myself personally I'm one and two currently so I like to shake things up a little bit uh, when I'm in that kind of no longer in contention zone because obviously what I was doing wasn't working uh, per se I guess and also you know my bad tactical decisions but we're not going to talk about that uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, are there any like standouts here for you that that you see like maybe got a boost or that maybe took a bit of a dip yeah, I mean, I think the the, the dips. Um, I, I think maybe people, and, I, and you see this happen a lot with everything that's new and shiny, right? Mm-hmm. People want to try the new shiny things. Um, so if we look at Avengers, you know, one would assume that that is, uh, you know, ring the Sam spam list. Obviously, Midnight, you know, Midnight Suns, brand new and shiny. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think people run them. They don't get the results that they wanted from them um, because it, you know, again, it may be a different play style that they're used to. You know, Sam's of Sam's Avengers is very, very different to running uh, Captain uh, Captain Steve's Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think people will do. You know, they will um, they will move away from the the new affiliation they were trying out or the new lead they were trying out and revert back to uh, back to the original. Um, one thing I was really pleased to see is that my brotherhood brethren uh, are committed to the cause, and none of them <laughs> left, and we yeah. let in no new members. So that's always nice to uh, that's always nice to see. Um, I think for me overall is when when we look at this list, and obviously it happened uh, in in uh, earlier on in the competition as well, is just how far down the pecking order Wakanda have fallen. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I'd be interested to understand people's decisions as to whether it is Wakanda fatigue. Or whether they are just not as competitive as they, you know, once were with the changes. Yeah, I'd be really interested to see what people's thought process is on that as well, because there's such a competitive affiliation. They've been at the at the top for so long, seemingly, and to see them only have ten people playing them is, I think, very interesting. And I think maybe it's a little bit of fatigue. Maybe it's also, I think. They're they're not the easiest affiliation to play. Like I know, it's it's set it forget it Shuri Black Panther Okoye kind of thing. But I I think that everybody just assumes like oh yeah well you're just going to push everybody off and score the points. But I think it's a little more complicated than that. And I think that it's one of those things where if you don't play them right or if you're if you're kind of like saying, oh, I want to check out Wakanda, and you jump into Wakanda, and you like activate Shuri early, and she gets nuked. It's That can kind of put a sour taste in your mouth. So maybe there's a little bit of that, too. But the thing that I think is kind of cool is to see 
the uh, convocation get a boost? Uh, it says that they are 3% of the, the change is 3% here. But I can tell you from when they, the first part of the season to now, it's literally doubled in the amount of people that have, have changed into convocation. It went from 7 to 14. So Wow, okay. Yeah, kind of cool to see that. And I uh, I like that, and they're they've been really fun to unlock. And I wonder if some of this changes one try the new thing because you're out of it maybe, and then also you know you've got magic coming in there and everything. So I'm really interested to see who else plays these guys and how they unlock them because I think I found some spicy tech. I don't know, maybe we'll we'll talk about it a little bit. But now let's talk about characters and. I don't know about you, but I think it's about zero bit of a surprise that Okoye is taken in 66% of rosters. Uh, no, not at all. I think what, whatever whatever affiliation you're going, whichever leader you are taking, there is an argument when you're looking at non-affiliated characters um, to take Okoye. Um, you know, there's, there's maybe some examples where you don't, you know, personally, I don't run her in my uh, in my brotherhood roster there just isn't room for her maybe if you're running you know captain steve's avengers because he's already got bodyguards so you know maybe you don't need that but um i, I mean yeah if you're running a big five threat character um you know like a murdoch or a scarlet witch um why would you not take her right mm-hmm. you know for, for for two costs you can probably take you know two or three attacks uh per per side uh, unless you know, unless your opponent you know does does get a bit spiky with the dice, but you know, on average, she's probably going to be able to take a you know two or three attacks worth of actions, and yeah, she's she's just so good. She's so so good. She's so good, and I think that this right here kind of solidifies, if you will, the fact that she might be in line for a bit of a nerf because of her goodness and just she's so ubiquitous, you know. And like, I love the character. Don't get me wrong, but when when it's this one two threat character is taken this much. It definitely says a lot about how good that character is overall. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not sure because obviously they're never going to remove that bodyguard bodyguard exactly. aspect, right? That's her. That's her thing. That's her thing. Um, but I think maybe you know maybe the blanks is the thing that could potentially get um, get the nerf there. Whether that's a um, you know, whether that's uh, th- through an increase of power, so you have to pay power for it, or, you know, whether that's just removing it completely. Um, I, I I don't know. But, yeah, she's no, – no one character should be should be that high up, right? She's almost double yeah. the next character down, so. Which is another I, I, character. <laughs> yeah, which is, a, which is a newer character. Yeah, and, uh, like, I – Enchantress is the next character we're talking about here, and and that's another one that's just seemingly everywhere now. Like you can't talk about MCP without talking about Enchantress. It feels like nowadays, and I, I love the character, but it's like, man, I hope I hope they change just a little bit of things on her. Yeah, well, I think I think we already had it rumored. I think it was on one of the live streams. Um, her bow, I forget the name of it. Apologies to everyone, Silence but her call. bow uh, is going to be uh, once per once um, once per turn. Nice. Um, so I think at the moment it's once a character can be affected by it once, but you can move multiple characters. Yeah. Um, so I think that's uh, similar to what's happened with Murdoch and his bow to the will. 
Um, I think it's a similar thing that's going to be lined up for her as well. Um, Personally, I think Amora's Kish, it should be an action where she takes the tokens. Um, For me, it should be an action because at the moment she can can pull somebody in with her bow. She can kiss them and then move away twice medium. And at that point, it's so difficult to catch her up. Um, yep. whereas I think by making that, that kiss, a making that kiss in action would be, would be good. But yeah, there's no, there's no surprise. She's in, you know, 39% of the, of the rosters out there at the moment. Absolutely. Now I will say this next character, I'm not going to talk about all these characters, obviously, but this next one is the one that I'm kind of surprised, but also pleasantly surprised. And that's Iron Fist coming in at number three, uh, matching Enchantress in 85 rosters. And, he has no change, which I didn't pick up on this the first time that the rosters were were talked about and the stats were talked about. But like, that's a character I really like, and I wonder if it's that he's in there one because he overlaps with Midnight Suns, two because he overlaps with Avengers, and three he's got a great tactics card. Heroes for Hire is one of the best ones, in my opinion. Like, it's just it's so good. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look, you know, there's there, there are there are thirty four and 28 Avengers and Midnight Suns rosters, right? So off the top of my head, that's like 62, something like that. So he's still being taken like, you know, 20 or so rosters outside of there. But I think for, for three threat, being able to put an activated token on a big hitter yeah. is massive. And I think you're right. He comes with one of the best uh, tactics cards in the game at the moment. Um, and I think, you know, if, if you want access to that tactics card... More times than not, you're going to lean towards Iron Fist over Luke Cage um, yeah. because he's just the easier one to slip in. But yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think he's almost in that Okoye level of he can fit into almost any roster. Um, you know, he's bringing some nice utility, but that one attack, you know, I think it's eight power it costs on nine. I think it might be eight or nine power. Just putting an activated token on your opponent. Um, is is absolutely huge. I've 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 come against him a couple of times, um, playing as Brotherhood, and you know it happens to Magneto, and it really does ruin your day. Oh yeah, um, it really does ruin your day. Well, if you're the Iron Fist player, then it just makes your day. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about being on the receiving end, right? Yeah, <laughs> if you're Iron Fist, then it's absolutely great for you. Exactly. So, yeah. Other than that, I mean, there's no real big surprises. I would say, other than Modok's shine has kind of seemingly uh, waned. I guess would be the way to put. I don't know. Yeah, the English language is hard, but you know, people <laughs> have uh, have uh, been down on Modok. I guess a little bit here, which is kind of a bit of a surprise. But at the same I'm, time, I guess it kind of makes sense. I'm really surprised though, because I, I you know, I think it's only in, it's in 23, yeah, 23, um, 23 rosters. And I think even though he is, you know, he was a day one character, right? He yeah. was released alongside the corset, alongside Hulk. And, you know, yes, he took a little bit of a nerf with the timing of, uh, of his rerolls. But outside of that, he's still, you know, in, in my mind, he's still, you know, top tier, absolute top tier five threat character. Um, and again, if you want to put a damage dealer, I think if you're going to put a damage dealer into your into your roster or a big five threat, you're looking at, you know, you're looking at Murdoch, you're looking at Scarlet Witch, you're looking at Angela. And which one you put in will probably be determined by what else you've got in your 
in your roster. You know, mm-hmm. maybe you're lacking physical defense or you want to turn one player for that for that mid-extraction. Or you know, But the thing I like about Murdoch is, is that he's very front-heavy on his card. Oh, yeah. um, you know, 10 stamina on his front means that he's more than likely going to be able to take a beating before dishing some damage back out again. Um, and, you know, partnering with an Okoye and you've got a match made in heaven. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I'm I'm quite I'm quite surprised to see him down there. Yeah. Yep, for sure. And then um one other one that I do want to talk about here, because Jacob does highlight this character in his article here, and I think it is one that's very much worth talking about, and that's Hood. Hood has seen kind of a big boost this time around, and I think that's just probably for a lot of reasons. I think he's one of those characters that people wanted to kind of get a feel for before slotting into their roster maybe and whatnot. I know I had him in my convocation roster. I, I took him out to bring in Magic, I believe. And he's a really interesting character. And I definitely feel like that he you really have to play to the idea that he's two very separate characters based on which part of his transformation he's in. And you also have to realize and go into the game, this is after having a few games with him now, understanding that you as the Hood player do not have any control over his transforming. It is 100% about, you know, if somebody attacks him, then he can transform into his demon. And then I guess the only form of control you have is if you use his empowered dark lightning or if you daze somebody on the demon side. But that's just very little control there and I think another reason why people are bringing him is because of his tactics card it's Hood's Gang allows you to re-roll one die whenever you're attacking someone that's holding or contesting an objective very nice very uh, beneficial for the consistency stuff so he's a character I like to see on the tabletop I've like I said I've had him a few times I took him out recently but I'm Probably going to regret that because I already thought about some matchups that uh, might not be super good without him in there. But I think he's a pretty solid character. Yeah, I think I think he's solid. I think as a as a standalone standalone, he's not even a standalone character. Is there's two of him? But <laughs> exactly. I think as a as a standalone character without his tactics cards, um, I'm I'm not a huge fan. I like to. When I'm playing a game, I like to know what I've got control over, and something that's variable like that. Um, and you know, can can your opponent doing something completely ruining what you've got planned? I'm not a massive fan of. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right when you bring in his tactics card as well. And I, I I kind of do see them as a couple. Like I can't see a situation where I would be taking Hood without taking his tactics card. And there's a number of other characters that kind of fall into that same category. Um, I think you add that in there and it does become um, really, really good. Cause you know, there's so many, so many opportunities for fishing for certain triggers and that kind of thing um, in this game now. And I think any way of being able to reroll and modify dice is, is very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, but personally, I'm, I've played with him a couple of times now Maybe it's my play style, but I just haven't clicked with him and haven't really got him to work for me. Yeah, it's it just takes some doing. And one of the things that I kind of ended up having happen in a game is someone just completely ignored him. And that's fine. You you leave him alone, then I can try to get those hex shots off, try to get some heals and whatnot. And it, it's a conversation for another time, but he's just a really interesting character that is, I think, one of those like high-skill floor high skill ceiling type characters that that 
could have some interesting play once you unlock him a little bit. But we'll see if um, we'll see if Pat and Travis and the rest of the crew are running him next season, and then we'll find out, won't we? Exactly. That's how we'll know <laughs> is is if these these top level guys are are putting them on the table. So the the next little bit we're going to talk about here, and I'm going to kind of go through these rather quickly, is the crises uh, changes, if you will, and. There's not really a lot that changes here other than Sword Base seems to not be as popular as it was at the start of the season. And thank God, I hate that crisis. Like, I love it. I think it's thematic and cool, but I hate it. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan of it at all. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just, it's so punishing to the player that doesn't secure the sword, that doesn't secure the base. That small push is just really tough to overcome yeah. and then these teams that can play five wide at 14 like i think that you can definitely play a taller game on sword but you just have to understand what you're getting into and that's you're going to be pushed all over the map yeah so. yeah absolutely yeah not 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 a fan of it not a fan of it at all um surprising to see the um for me the one that stands out is um the mayor fisk as well yeah um that's you know that's dropped down quite a lot um, it's one that I don't, I don't mind actually. I think it's, I think it's quite good. Yeah. Uh, but I think, yeah, usual suspects up at the top there, isn't it? Yep. Demons, um, Gamma, Infinity Formula makes perfect sense. Yeah. So extract crisis, uh, no shocker here that hammers is number one. And there's not really much that changes outside of that. Like, you know, most people aren't taking the, uh, the citizens panic grips because it's restricted and everything, but there are a few people out there. I know I have it in my list because uh, I had some fun possibilities with it, and it's one of those things where for me, I felt like with convocation with the way they can generate power, it was more of a plus matchup than something like a. I had some spicy play for it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Panic, panic grips. Um, I think as well. I'm, I'm wondering like how many Dormammu players. Um, uh, oh, sorry, Dark Dimension players are taking that because yeah. it's to me that's a surprising one. You know, if you only got two restricted slots, and there are so many good, well, there are so many really good restricted tactics cards, um, still made it into seven rosters. Um, yep. So that one was that you know that one stands out for me as being one that is a bit unusual, but yeah, yep. Uh, and then lastly, let's discuss tactics cards real quick here and. The uh, restricted card that's not yet restricted, uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, <laughs> I would assume it's going to be restricted, I should say, because I really don't know. They haven't said anything about it, but let's just go ahead and, uh, you know, we all know that this is one of those that should be, and that's Bitter Rivals, taken a lot, but actually changed for the negative. <laughs> it went down in how many rosters it was taken in, which I'm surprised. It's just such a good card. It's um it's so good. It's it's overpowered, right? We we, yeah. we it's overpowered. There's no other way of there's no other way of putting it. And um, <clears throat> I think it can any any, any single card that can swing a game so much uh, in a in a single turn. I, I just think isn't good for the game. Agree. Um, I think the the other one on there as well that is um, probably up for a change. Um, all you've got, I can see that card going from the restricted into the banned into the band list. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's I too think... much of a negative play experience, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a brotherhood player and I run all you've got 
field dressing and then difficult to please mm-hmm. so in a in a in a single round i can activate magneto three times um which is is, is ridiculous you know you <laughs> shouldn't you shouldn't be able to do it that's the sound of me throwing up a little bit because it's so <laughs> disgusting <laughs> yeah yeah I, you know i've had people like you know scarlet witch one shot a she-hulk um with with an all you've got you know yep. it's it it shouldn't happen in the game um and i think again it's that card is is very good but i think is is definitely a negative experience for a lot of players absolutely absolutely but uh outside of that here we go heroes for hire if you took iron fist you're probably taking heroes for hire it's up it's the sixth card on the list here i love it no i'm sorry the fifth card on the list <laughs> either way Great stuff. Now, let me ask you this. So, Advanced R&D is the second most popular card behind Bitter Rivals. And that's one of those cards that I hope we don't see added to the restricted list simply because it's popular. Because I don't think it's overpowered. I don't think it's broken. I understand that it's part of a people's strategy for a lot of turn one plays and whatnot. But it just provides a level of flexibility that I really like in the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, the outside of turn zero, right? Turn one is the only round that you can um, account for because come turn two, you know, you you, you don't really know what on earth's going to be going on, um, exactly. especially if you've got a Magneto within all you've got. Um, so I, I think, I, I don't think it's game-breaking. I think the way that R&D um, is reducing its effectiveness somewhat is going to be in the the new way that we actually decide what crisis cards we're going to be taking. Yeah. So the fact that it'll be a hundred percent random now um, will mean that that card, whilst it might go into a lot of rosters, um, may see less play in the squad um, because they didn't pull, um, you know, Wakandan herb or whatever it is that needs that extra power for um, for turn one. Yeah, definitely. So. I think it's it's just really interesting. And then any other tax cards that stand out to you? I think uh, overall it's kind of just a, a mismatch from there. Yeah, I think one one that I want to give a shout out to, and I'm surprised it's decreased um, in the number of rosters. I think we're going to see it a lot, lot more, is Blind Obsession. Yeah. Um, I can see that becoming the de facto Bitter Rivals replacement. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bit more situational. Um, I think it's a lot more balanced as a card. It punishes punishes you as the person playing it as much as it gives you an advantage. But I think in some scenarios where you've got priority and you've maybe got two isolated players on one flank, uh, I can see Blind Obsession being really, really good in that situation. Um, but yeah, I, I, everything else is, yeah, there's nothing else that really uh, that really stands out. Uh, just one on the Heroes for Hire is there is one person who took Luke Cage who didn't take Heroes for Hire. So that's interesting. That's what, what were you that one person was one thinking. Person? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's fun. I would I would definitely have expected the 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 person to have that, even with uh, Luke Cage there. Wow. All right. So now let's go ahead and shift over and discuss my roster a little bit. And I sent you a a screenshot or a a text layout of my roster. And there's one thing that changed on there from, I I guess the app didn't save it, but it's actually what I submitted. And that difference is I took out Wong and put in Black Cat. So that's the only change from what I have to what you're seeing. So with that, I'm playing Convocation and... I've added in Magic, 
and Black Cat. Otherwise, everything's the same. It's Ancient One, Mordo, Clea, Strange Sorcerer Supreme, Doctor Voodoo, Iron Fist, Moon Knight, and Okoye. And then tactics cards-wise, I dropped out the Book of Cagliostro, which is the one where you can have three characters, one active character, two other characters within range three of said active character, and then spending three power each of them to remove an activated token. Like, that's a whole lot of setup and a whole lot of extra stuff you have to do to get rid of that activated token. So I think that's one of those that's kind of like, that's okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I took that out and replaced it with advanced (laughs) (laughs) R&D. And then uh, I also uh, took out uh, something else. I can't remember what it is and put in bitter rivals because it's just too good. You know, it it really is. Yeah, it really is. So, so with all of that, and then the, the only other change I made, if you will, I, I, I changed up my crises a little bit. I went and added in intrusions open across the city as the seals collapse, the new secure crisis where you have the little portals and you can teleport. It's a C map. And then I added in Mutant Madman for push button triggers because I wasn't really finding myself liking Infinity Formula there and I felt like I needed something to deal with Criminal Syndicate a little better. And so I had demons and then this intrusions and now... If I get secure, I can choose Mutant Madman, potentially. So I like that. And then I added in the herbs, uh, Wakandan herbs, as an extract crisis. And the reason why, Rich, is because I think I think I might have unlocked a very heavy setup amount of <laughs> of doing this, but I think I, I think it works. So I got into TTS and I started doing some measuring, right? And the Convocation characters have two... There's two characters that can do teleports. You've got Clea, and you've got the um, Strange Sorcerer Supreme who can do a teleport, right? Yeah. So Clea's teleport is when you're within range three of her, teleport range two. And then Strange's teleport is when you're within range two of him, you can teleport range three. So the setup is you put black cat directly in line with the herb you want to go capture then and you can do this at 15 threat also which i i definitely checked so you put black cat right in line with the herb that you want to capture and then you put clea within range three of her you put strange within two of where you know like right next to her basically you put strange right next to her teleport her up with clea Use advanced R&D to move a power to Strange. So he has four power because that's how much his teleport costs. Teleport her again range three over to the herb. And at that point, she's contesting the herb. Activate her, grab, move long back towards towards your team and towards the score. And, and then on the next turn, you could potentially teleport her again to where she's scoring without even having to activate yet. Oh, Wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, it's not turn one, but I think it's spicy. I think, yeah, and and what I would say is that Herbs is one of those where don't just put it in your roster because you see other people putting it in, right? It's one of the very few, probably, you know, this and and Deadly Legacy are maybe the the main two where you need a plan. 
Absolutely. You need a plan for what you're going to do because if you just walk into it and you don't know what you're going to do and how you're going to extract that uh, herb, you're going to lose the, you know, you're going to lose it. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I mean, and that sounds like a good plan. Yeah, it, it's one that I, I find to be very interesting. And if you play it at 15 threat, it's a little harder to kind of do all the stuff just because you're committing a lot to that play. So, you know, whatever the the secure is on the opposite side, you also have to factor that in. But just based on whatever the herb thing is, like I think that that kind of could surprise people a little bit with that, you know. And then you're giving Black Cat the ability to potentially gain some additional power where she can grappling hook and all that stuff a little bit. So uh, I think it's just a little spicy. And... Additionally on that though, if you have the herbs and you're playing on a higher threat value, like like if I bring that to the table and my opponent gets the secures and I get the extracts and I bring the herbs and they bring, let's say, demons, right? Like I don't even know if that would be an option, but let's say they bring demons, right? And they choose 19 threat, that's awesome for me because then I can bring in a character like Mordo into this list and he can generate two power at the start of his turn and then spend three power on advanced R&D and give Black Cat an extra power, give Strange his extra power, and then give one to Voodoo so Voodoo can be powered up and ready to do his thing too. And it, I, I looked at all of the, the stuff I could do with this and at the different threat values, and it seems like it's going to be pretty crazy and fun. So I'm excited to try it out. Yeah, with, definitely. That sounds really good. That sounds really good. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where it takes a lot of setup. And so my opponent is very much going to see it coming. Like, there, there's no way I can prevent the seeing it comingness of it, if you will. But I'm hoping that on such a low threat value that I will be able to kind of choose my moment to strike, if you will. And, and I think that, that would, that's what makes it a little bit more interesting. Now, moving over, discussing my opponent's roster here. And they're playing Midnight Suns this week. And it's funny enough that in terms of the extract crises, they have hammers like I do, herbs like I do, and then they have scrolls because they want to fight because they're playing Midnight Suns, I think. Now, based on this information... I definitely don't want to let that like I talked to someone that knows knows my opponent and he said that he has a really he feels really confident on herbs and like I'm feeling pretty confident on herbs too but I don't think I want to actually pick herbs in this one <laughs> you know what I mean I think I want to pick uh, something a little different so I, I don't know I don't think I want to let my opponent pick the uh, pick the extract crisis because his Secure crises are demons, infinity formula, and Terrigen clouds, which I don't mind any of those. Yeah, I think Midnight Suns are pretty good on the herb piece. They've got, you know, as, as obviously they've got the bump in the night, which is which is running to one, which can, you know, don't underestimate, you know, one power for for you know for a range one move. It, Absolutely, it, it can be very very good, um, especially if you're a you know on a bigger base as well. Um, but they've got so much you know, so much movement within their entire uh, roster of characters as well that, yeah, they could, you know, I, I can see where they would be very, very good on on the herb side of things. Absolutely. So 
I, I'm I'm with you. I think that that's just one of those things where it's like if I get priority, I'm probably going to pick extract just so that I have the control over what's played there because out of all out of his secures, I have no issue with it. And I think that this brings up a, an interesting thing in terms of choosing your your crisis and looking at your opponent's roster. If you have an opportunity to look at your opponent's roster, like I play casually all the time, and it's just like let's just throw something out there and just have fun, right? Perfectly reasonable thing to do. If you're playing in a competitive environment and you have and you're able to kind of look at your opponent's roster and evaluate it, even if it's just kind of like a quick glance, look at the overlap that you have with your opponent, and then make an informed decision that way. And I feel like that for me, when I look at his roster, there is a lot of overlap on extracts, and then we're obviously overlapping on the demons situation on secures but i look at that and i say there's no negative matchup for me in his secures and there's only positive matchups and extracts but i would rather be in control of what extract you know which is where the majority of the the points are going to be scored in again looking at the rosters there because all of his are are hangout and and score you know what i mean like there are no push button secures so yeah I, I want that to happen. You know what I mean? Like I want to let him pick the secures because then I can choose how the faster scoring thing goes. Yeah. I think, um, I think the, 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 the number of people who don't take that into consideration, they get an idea in their head that, okay, I want to play, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of people like to choose the extract, um, and they and, and and they build around that, but I think yeah, absolutely evaluating what your opponent has got, um, and really taking a look at well, do they have a problem on the secures for me, and do they, or do they have a problem on the extracts? And I think it's really really important, especially like you just say in competitive, less so if it's um, you know less so if it's a, a friendly match um, to to look at that. Yeah, a huge, huge part of the competitive game is understanding what your opponent's running, and uh, and and trying to uh, try to put a plan together for it. Absolutely. And then, if you want to get into the nitty gritty of it for just one second, like I know that we have two out of three of the same extracts, right? So if we end up, if I again, if I win priority and I get to choose extracts and I get Panic Grips the City, so the Citizen Tokens, I'm definitely going to take it in this matchup because it's a plus matchup for me. It's it's not necessarily, again, like I don't have a turn one play, I don't have anything crazy or anything like that, but in order for him to bump in the night, he has to spend power, right? In order for him to do all the cool stuff he's going to want to do against me, he has to spend power, whereas for me, I get two power a turn from Ancient One. I get three power return from strange i can generate power with clea i can generate power with mordo so i've got all these ways to get this extra power so i think that would be the the card to pick in this matchup and i'm excited to try it out i'm excited to to play this on sunday yeah cool well good luck with it buddy i appreciate you so last thing we're going to talk about today because we've talked about so much already and now let's get to the arguably most fun part is uh, <laughs> talking about magic Ileana Rasputin and I'm really excited to talk about this character and first up Rich let's talk about this model real quick because this is oh, one it's beautiful oh my gosh <clears throat> right yeah it's you know I, I 
I gave them a bit of stick over a couple of the newer models we've had. Um, I've got Moon Knight sat in front of me at the moment, and he's boring, right? And every now and then they release these ones that are boring. For the most part, they're good. But oh my word, Magic's model is one of the best. It's up there with, for me at least, one of the best yeah. that they've uh, they've released. So dynamic. Um, really looking forward to getting hold of it and painting it because um, yeah, it's a, it's an absolutely beautiful model that they've put together. Yeah, it, it's it's totally amazing. I love it. And how dare you besmirch Moon Knight? <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's, uh, just, he's just standing there. Like, I know. I get leering, it. Like. <laughs> I get, it, I get, I get it. I get, I feel you. I mean, I feel you. But uh, it's no magic, and and look, magic's no green goblin, so you got that too. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I I love this model, and now let's talk about this character. And I'll take the top stat line. You take the attacks, and then I'll take the superpowers. Cool. Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. So we've got magic with an alter ego of Ilyana Rasputin. So. Uh, she is the sister of our good friend Colossus, who will be showing up here at some point. Can't wait for him, but we're not talking about him right now. We've got Magic. She has a top stat line of five stamina. She moves medium. She's size two, threat value three. She has a physical defense of three, an energy defense of three, and a mystic defense of four. So pretty decent opening stat line there for a three threat character nothing really special other than the four mystic defense which is nice and as someone who's playing convocation playing her in convocation being able to use the ironbound books of shumagorath to get that extra defense die on that turn will be very nice but uh also worth noting nothing changes on her injured side for this entire card so looking at that it's only a total of 10 stamina what do you think about that yeah, I think um, she's pretty standard, right? You know, we expect, um, you know, we expect somewhere between five and six stamina now on yeah. a on a three threat. Um, you know, three 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 is pretty standard. The four is nice, um, especially with how many um, mystic attackers we've got out there at the moment as well. So anything bigger than a than a three is always nice on the mystic attacks. Um, the medium move is is okay. I wouldn't have minded seeing her um, with a, with a long movement, I but um, I think overall she's she's pretty solid. But you know, I, I don't really think it's her defensive side, is it? That's that she's bringing to the uh, that she's bringing to the game. Absolutely not. So why don't you talk about her offense? Absolutely. So first of all, for me, uh, she falls into a category that not many other people are in, which is the fact that she's got two builders. And she has a choice, right? So she can mm -hmm. either guarantee that power or she can equal, you know, get power equal to damage dealt. So a first builder, the bolts of Ashtur, uh, four range, four th uh, strength, zero cost, obviously. After the attack is resolved, character gains uh, one power. Um, I believe I'm right in saying now as well that energy is the least defended um, attack type in the game now. Yes. Um, so actually having that energy builder on a character that is predominantly, you know, mystic based, I think is is really, really nice. You're probably going to be able to deal some damage with it. But the fact that you get that guaranteed one power, I'm, I'm really, really happy with that. Yeah, really, really I, I think like that, that just opens up first. 
opens up so much. And as we'll see on her card, having that one extra power on her is going to be, I think, a BFD. Oh, yes. Yeah. So her her second builder then, so her first mystic attack, soul sword, um, range two, five strength, obviously zero cost, uh, gives power equal to the damage dealt. But I love this keyword on a builder, pierce on a wild. Um, it's so good. It's yep. so, so good. Um, I think for her threat level, you're going to struggle to find a better builder than this in the game. Um, it's it just it just gives everything that you need it to, to to do to to build her some of that juicy power that she's that she needs. Absolutely, I think that this is one of those where I mean it, it's Valkyrie's builder, but with Mystic, which I think is just really great, and it turns off so many tools that other characters have access to, and I really like that. Like it it, it hurts Web Warriors, hurts Avengers hurts Wakanda, so like I think it's just really wonderful. And the Wild Pierce, I, I will say it's worth noting, one of the things we don't talk about when we talk about like things like Pierce and stuff like that and Wild Effects, unless an effect specifically says for each Wild in the role, it only happens one time. So I want to go ahead for anyone that's new out there listening. It says Wild Pierce, change one of the following defenders, one of the following defending characters, crit wilds or blocks to a blank. And it's only one wild. So if you roll five wilds with this, which I want to see that if you do it, <laughs> please send me a screenshot. <laughs> uh, but if you do that, um, then you're only going to get to pierce one of the defender's results. So I just want to clear that up. Yeah, absolutely. And, absolutely. The and then we've got her, her spender. So um, dark child range three, uh, six strength and uh, costing four power which at the surface doesn't look particularly good. It's not, you know, six dice for four power is not particularly good. Um, but I think she has uh, in here uh, such an amazing rule, which is when calculating successes for this attack, this character adds the number of failure results in both the attack and defense rules to its total. Um, so adding in your own failures, but also adding in... <laughs> any failures that your opponent rolls, which unless you're Doctor Strange or Miles, uh, it, you know, contest, contesting an objective, I think it is, yeah. um, you're not going to be able to re-roll them and get rid of them either. Um, so actually the more defense dice your opponent rolls, um, the more chances you've got of actually pulling off those failures as well. And then to top it all off, once it's resolved, uh, the target character gains bleed and incinerate, two of the best conditions uh, in the game at the moment. And you don't need to uh, deal damage to 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 apply those either, which is really nice. So on the surface, it doesn't look particularly good, but I think once you get down into the nitty gritty of it, um, you know, on a three threat character, that's the thing you have to remember with this. Um, that's a pretty good uh, a pretty good spender. I, I think it's super potent, and it's one of those that it's. It's going to sneak up on you how much damage it can it can put out. I know, personally, if someone's running magic and they want to do Dark Child into me, they're probably going to be very successful considering how many damn skulls I roll. But, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, I, I think that's one of those that, like, consistency might not be the name of the game with this attack, but it's going to sneak up on you, and it's one that, as we're going to see with her superpowers, she has ways to spend her power but I'm, I want to do this spender 
as much as possible because I think it's that good. It's really good, yeah. And, you know, Mystic negates a lot of the um, older defensive abilities that you've got as well. Um, so, you know, martial artists, those sorts of exactly. things. So, um, yeah, o- overall, um, you know, for a, for a three threat, are these the best attacks in the game for, you know, for anyone? Absolutely not. But for a three threat character, um, having two builders and then having that spender, very, very solid. Very solid. And I- I'm going to have to be completely honest with you, Rich, Um I, I'm going to embarrass myself a little bit to you and the suits out there. When I first read this Dark Child attack, I for real thought it said Dark Clyde. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why, but it's like, hey, man, look at a Dark Cloud over here. Woohoo, we're going to kill him today. Like, that's kind of how I thought that was. Excellent. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't. I don't know why that that's what I thought. And when you said Dark Child, I was like, it literally was when you said it is when I was like, Oh God, <laughs> I'm such an idiot. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think I heard it. I can't remember who I, I heard, uh, oh, it was on the Ministravaganza. So yeah. I heard them talking about it on there first. So, um, yeah, maybe I'd have come to a similar conclusion. I don't know, but, uh, no. yeah, it's definitely dark child. Definitely. But no, I don't think many people are going to come to the conclusion that it says dark Clyde. Like, what is that? <laughs> what is this guy? All right. Anyways, Moving on, let's talk about superpowers now because I love I love her attack kit. Like I just I love I love that. So superpowers. She only has two. First up, it is an active superpower, so that means you have to use it on her turn. And it has a power cost of X. So you get to choose how much power you want to spend for it. It's called Limbo Step. This character may spend one to three power to use this superpower place this character within range X of its current position where X is the amount of power spent. This superpower can be used only once per turn. Holy yes, please. It's it's phenomenal. Um, it, it, it's, it's such a good ability. Um, anyone that can place themselves, anyone that can move without taking up an action, is in a good position. But the fact that she gets to choose, you know, quite often, you know, I'll, I'll spend, um, you know, two power on Toad for a hop or, you know, I'll, I'll use the Dormammu place and, and spend, I think it's like four power or whatever it is, three or four power. Um, and I don't even, but I'm, I'm not even moving the full range of the tool because I don't need to. Being able to choose how much and how far you move based on how much power you spend is is so good it's really really good it's great and and the flexibility like i love things that provide you with flexibility and this is just one of those things where it's like like well for instance i can use it as an example like you just mentioned like you're not having to use the full distance on something like i had to do scalpel of strange which costs four power to place within range three to literally go a millimeter in my last matchup, and that felt terrible. Yep. And like, it's not a negative play experience. It was my own fault. You know, I messed it up myself. So, but it's just one of those things where, like, this being able to say, okay, I only need to get this far. Boom. I'm going to just place range one. And now I have, you know, three power left. Maybe I can do a dark Clyde if I could build another power here. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I just said dark Clyde, dark child. Use it. 
There you, you go. <laughs> there you go. It's it's a thing now. So I think yeah. maybe we get an errata for this card that hasn't yet been released and just change it to Dark Clyde. I think we totally should. <laughs> I think yeah, it's, totally it's, should. it's it's really strong. It's really strong. So, yeah, and, and I really like how basically, I mean, the game state changes all the time in MCP, but functionally, you should be able to do this turn one, at least placing yourself range one. So you can potentially move place bolts of Oster and and already have that power back and then boom you've got another power starting up for the next round like I think it just opens up so much and as we're going to talk about in affiliations in just a second I think it you know you start layering that into it and this just gets really really interesting with the plays that you're going to be able to do again not necessarily turn one plays but just crazy stuff and then her next superpower is an innate superpower, and it is the Sorceress Supreme of Limbo. When this character is defending against a mystic attack, for each wild in the defense roll, it may change one of the attacker's criticals, wilds, or hit results to a blank. This character gains one power for each die changed this way. So kind of niche, but also very useful when it happens and and i really like that so yeah i think um again it's, it's going to give us some um a some um survivability uh you know that's that that that's always good um especially against mystic attacks because you know they're, they're they're usually bigger um but i think the fact that she gains a power um for, for doing that is is yeah. actually really big um because as you say she's got things that she can she can spend power on um so you know you may be able to negate um all of the damage your opponent's doing just by changing one die um and you're still getting power for that attack that's been put in against you as well so yep. um yeah really uh, really like that one and one fun little interaction that you have to think about, like if you're playing Convocation specifically with magic in Convocation, Ironbound Books of Shumagorath says that when you're targeted by a physical attack, you can make the attack type mystic. It's not that you use your mystic defense per se, like I always think about it in that way, but it specifically says, this round, when an enemy targets an allied character with a physical attack, you may choose to change the attack's type to mystic. So what that means with this interaction is that magic then is targeted by a mystic attack, and so she would get to do this. So think about that when you are playing this card, if you're out there playing Convocation, because I think that's one of those interactions that could be overlooked. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So now, Rich, let's talk about affiliations for Ileana here, and... We know she's in Convocation because they said it on stream. I don't know if they've published it on the thing yet, but they've said she's in Convocation on stream. Let me do a quick look. Yep, she's in there. Yep, Excellent. absolutely in there. Excellent. So, perfect. She's on there. I love that. And I, I'm i glad for that. But is she on any other affiliations? Because I don't think she's published on any other ones. She's not published on any other, okay. no. Uh, but I think we can assume she's going to be in the X-Men. Exactly. So I'm going to assume she's an X-Men. And the reason why I'm going to assume she's an X-Men, one is because, I mean, she's a new mutant for crying out loud. Second of all, 
I love the interactions that get opened up with her for things like First Class. I think that the X-Men are such an interesting affiliation where she, she doesn't necessarily bring something to them that they don't already have per se, but she brings it in a different way. One, she brings it in a three-threat package. Two, she brings it in a mobility package that I just absolutely love. And she can benefit from Storm's leadership quite a bit with the places and the the cover to get there and everything. So, like, I really love that. And I love the interactions with, like, first class and stuff like that. Like, I think that's just really spicy. Yeah, I think think you're right. I think for, you know, for Convocation... um... I think she'll get some play, right? Because they are limited on the three threat characters that they've got. I think it's her clear Mordo and Hood, I want to say. I Hood's, might be wrong. Hood's not affiliated, might be another I don't one, think. But... Oh, Hood's, yeah, Hood's not in there, is it? Yeah. Um, so, you know, they've got a couple of others they can choose from, but, you know, she brings, uh, she brings that. I think what she brings to X-Men is, and I think actually even outside of X-Men, um, a three threat mystic attacker that's yep. focused on, on, on attacks. Yes. You've got, um, you've got Baron Mordor, who's also, you know, three threat mystic, but he's very much more of a support yeah, character. Definitely. Um, this is an all out offensive character. Um, and I think she brings that to the X-Men and I think, you know, you can very easily, um, slip her in instead of a gene, for example, where, you're just not playing the threat level high enough to warrant putting, you know, putting Jean in there. So being able to to bring her into the roster, uh, bring those those mystic attacks in which they are lacking um, outside of Jean, um, I think is 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 really really strong. And you know, you've got to deal with her. If if you ignore her, she can very very easily take apart some of your your bigger characters. Oh, definitely, definitely. And if not, they're going to be hurting when she's done with them. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, you know, bleed and incinerate and not to be uh, overlooked. That's right, not not to be trifled with. Uh, so, what other affiliations would you say that that she maybe slots decently into? I think um, Midnight Suns. There's definitely a place for her there. Um, I can I can see her becoming a bit of a chameleon in that. Um, any roster that is is struggling or any affiliation that is struggling for three threat characters um, and or mystic attacks, she's a really, really viable option where you may have put in a, a Scarlet Witch, a Murdoch as, as your big damage dealers. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to slot her in at the lower threat level, but still having that not as big, but, you know, but, but bigger mystic damage attacks. Um, I think I think she could slot in really, really nicely into into almost any. Um, you know, in humans, I think she could work, you know, really well with. Oh yeah. Um, obviously anyone that gives her any sort of uh, dice modification from the re-rolling side of it, you know, um for, for, for that pierce on the soul sold is going to be really good as well. Um, but yeah, you know, I think I think she could be up there with uh Maybe not as good as 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 Mr. Zemo, but definitely a a very very viable three threat three three threat option um, for for you know going into almost any uh, any list. Yeah, I think that she's definitely a candidate for for a lot of affiliations. I think she's 
kind of cool in Cabal because, again, I expect to do that damage with her quite a bit, getting that extra power. Avengers, she doesn't really get much much love for me because she doesn't really get any benefit from Captain Steve. And then there's already kind of other stuff I think you might want to do with Sam Spam, but I don't think she's a bad option for Sam Spam. And then one of the probably surprising nobody that listens to this show affiliations that I think she probably plays pretty decently in is web warriors. I, I know it's completely shocking. You never saw it coming. It's out of left field, but no, I, I think she's legitimately an interesting character there more so than just kind of the normal reasons, but one like getting the extra reroll on defense will be very nice. And then being able to modify skull results if she does have access to another reroll or something like that, I think will be really nice. But also, the objective play that her limbo step opens up is, I think, really interesting for what they want to do with their mobility-focused things. And then it's just another three-threat character that you can slot in that is going to be able to put out some damage and everything in an affiliation that generally doesn't do a lot of attacking. But like, I think that that could be a really spicy take right there. I've said spicy a lot in this one, and that's okay. <laughs> that's fine. That is fine to be spicy. Um, yeah, I, like I say, I, I think she's, um, you know, I think she's going to be seen a lot uh, come come next season because um, she brings she she brings damage. You know, she brings yeah. damage. She dishes out conditions. She's got that mobility. Um, so yeah, I think overall she's she's definitely in the in the upper edge of the of the of the, of the bell curve. I think of of characters. Definitely, definitely. And uh, with that, though, I think that's all we've got for old Magic here. Other than, let me do this, I will say. So, character archetype-wise, how do you see her? Do you see her as just pure damage dealer, or has she got, like, some maybe secret objective play or something like that? Um, I think Limbo Step is going to give her something. Um, you know, the fact that it... Uh, isn't stopped by her holding an objective or anything yeah. like that makes it super, you know, super useful for objective taking. But, you know, she's not really the type of character that you want to put an objective on her and then run her to the back of the pack, right? That's not exactly. where she's going to shine. Um, so, I, you know, for me, she she would firmly sit in that um, in that offensive, offensive role, damage-dealing type role. Yeah, I, I think she's definitely that, like assassin style character where it's where that damage is just gonna ramp really nicely and and surprise people i think and then you know everyone always loves a hammer but she's one of these characters where if you can get a hammer on her it's just turned up to 11 oh my word and you know if, if you can get a hammer on her if you're running her in an affiliation um that can give her some extra power in one way or another um you know whether that be Air Force through somebody else taking damage yeah. or Brotherhood by, um, you know, destroying some terrain, um, any, any of this other way of being able to generate power. Um, you know, she can potentially limbo step up and pick up an, you know, pick up a hammer turn one. I believe she'd have enough. I think she'd be in, in range to be able to do that, pick up the hammer and then still be able to move and then still be able to potentially do, you know, a bolt of ash there or something like that. So um, all of a sudden, you know, a, a five dice bolts or a, or a six dice soul sword, 
you know, she's starting to get into uh, into blade territory then I think for her her soul sort of builder. So yeah, with a hammer, she's a scary lady. Yep. Yep. I love her. I'm I'm really excited to get her on the table. And I will say, so you know, we talked about my roster and my matchup here earlier. I'm excited to play her if I have the opportunity in this matchup, but if we do get herbs, she's not seeing the table. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. She, yeah, just, she's probably yeah. not a uh, she's probably not your herb player. No, Absolutely. definitely not. But uh, with that, Rich, uh, I think we're going to put a bow on this one. And I want to say I really, really, really appreciate you coming on and uh, being a part of the show with me. And to the suits out there, thank you all so much for listening. If you haven't already, make sure to check out our giveaway. It's uh, the pinned post at the top of our Facebook page, so go check that out. We're giving away the Dormammu model and then all of the convocation stuff and you know we're gonna have two winners one winner is gonna get Dormammu another winner is gonna get the rest of the convocation so make sure to check that out and also Rich uh, we have to come up with a secret code word for today's episode and I was gonna call it limbo I I was gonna say limbo but I I I feel like it's got to be dark Clyde it's gotta be. It's gotta be Dark Clyde. I was even gonna go with just Clyde, but yeah, Dark Dark Clyde. I think has to be has to be the word. It's gotta be the word. Word of the day, Dark Clyde. So, suits <laughs> out there, if you're listening to this, send us messages through Facebook, through email at housepartyprotocolpod at gmail and however you feel like spelling it, I don't really care. Just make sure that it comes across as Dark Clyde. <laughs> so yeah send us that and you will get a bonus entry into our giveaway which we will be announcing the winners on next week's episode so be ready for that and uh, we'll be also in case uh, some of you are wondering yes i am aware of the new cards that were spoiled and we will be talking about those next week with nate so make sure to keep it locked right here to house party protocol and uh, rich where can people find you uh, guys, you can find me at Rich Mid Gaming on YouTube. You can find me on Discord as Rich. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. There's a Rich Mid Gaming site, or just hit me up directly. Send me a DM. I'm on all of the uh, all of the main uh, forums and groups and things on Facebook for Marvel Crisis Protocol. So yeah, excellent. And uh, like I said at the beginning, there will be a link to Rich's uh, YouTube page in the description of this so make sure to go check that out subscribe give us some love a thousand subscribers man that's just that's wonderful dude that is just that's awesome yeah cheers buddy cheers buddy yeah and again it's you know it's the community that that that, that did it so yeah it's great and really looking forward to uh really looking forward to the charity uh, event as well at the end of the month very excited for that and uh Suits, I want to go ahead and say thank you again to you all out there and to our patrons. I want to say thank you so much. If you're interested in joining our Discord server and becoming a patron, supporting the show uh, and whatnot with that, uh, it's patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol. You can check that out. It's much appreciated. I am consistently humbled that even one person does it, but the fact that there's multiple people that are interested in that, it's just it's wonderful, and it's it's something I could just... I can't express my gratitude in that, so I appreciate all of that and all of you suits out there listening, whether you're a patron or not. So uh, I want to say thank you, and party on, Rich. Yeah, party on, Will. And power down suits. <laughs>